Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Excellent throw and catch, just gets inside, uses his big body. No answer for number 87. And former NFL linebacker Joe Mays. Mays missed him first. And in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I feel like, what is that, welcome back, Kata, back in the day. I'm really aging myself right there, Uh dating myself. But welcome back to everyone out there. We are back here in studio. My man, Joe Mays. What's happening? I am Danon Hughes, and we're back for Players Only, another season of having us in the booth and getting to chat some football and for all the new listeners out there, we want to let you know, first, that we appreciate you tuning in. And second, just to kind of give you a little history about this show and the format, Joe Mays, eight-year former NFL player, myself, six years in the NFL, all with the Chiefs. We just wanted to create a show that was more like a platform in the locker room with just players talking about players' stuff, talking about stuff that's on the field, off the field, the action, the activities, uh, there's a whole lot going on on the field and off the field, and yes. especially in society nowadays, and we will tackle all of them. And we really appreciate all the listeners that have tuned in and the support that we got last year. Joe, I don't know if you've been told, but last year, a Super Bowl winning year, for this time slot, we were tops in the city oh. in the sports. Oh, really? Yes. So, yes. Julio, my man, holding it together. Yes, sir. We've been doing some great things, and again, you guys heard as we opened the show, U.S. Bank, a great partner of ours, our friends at U.S. Bank. By U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Great sponsors there, great partnership as well. And before we really get into the nuts and bolts of the Texans game, then looking forward to this upcoming Chargers game, the phone line and text line, 913-576-7610. That's 913-576-7610. I think we're going to have a guest come in. I think so. You know, uh, because you're on time and you were a linebacker, I really can't give him too much. <laughs> I can't mess with him too much because he's a linebacker and he's late, but I'm used to him being late. Yeah. Uh, that'll be Sean Barber. But, Joe, tell him about – tell our audience about yourself. Well, yeah, um – 
what you don't know about me, I guess uh, I like I like uh, walks on the beach, but we have chicka no beaches down. here. Chicka pound, chicka pound, chicka pound, But we have no beaches here, so I'll just go ahead and walk on the sidewalk just like every other normal uh, person. <laughs> um, but yeah, a little bit about me. I played eight years in the NFL. Before that, I went to North Dakota State, and before that, I grew up in Chicago. So, um, you know, I've been been all over the place. I've been from. Uh, Chicago to Fargo, North Dakota to New Jersey to Colorado, Houston here in KC, which I call my home. Yep. Um, yeah. So you know, we decided. I decided to settle here, and and now I'm on the show with you, Dana. And not only that, but you settled here, and you have a, a great uh, venue. Yes. In the Leia Center. Yes, we're uh, a natural wellness center um, aimed to help people with Usa. chronic illnesses. Usa. Yeah, it helps you. It, it helps you. Helps Usa, you Usa. But uh, any pain, inflammation, different chronic illnesses that you deal with, you can come to us and we'll be able to help you, help you the natural way. I've been down there many times. Great massages mm-hmm. down there. My wife and I went in a few different times. So, yeah, you guys do a great job, you and your wife, Appreciate handling it. your business down there. Joe Mays, eight years in the NFL, myself, six years. So, Joe, in this first quarter of the show, during this first quarter of the season, we had a little victory here just last Thursday. The mm-hmm. Chiefs versus Texans. I'm sure you saw it. Primetime game. What, what was it from your perspective? What do you think about it? We have a different identity at the offensive line. Ooh. I think that was the first. That was the very first thing that I noticed. Out. Oh yeah, I a little mean nastiness. A little nastiness, <laughs> and 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 I believe that it was it was the addition of Kalichi Osimile. Yep, I believe that's how you say his last Osimile. name. Osimile. Osimile. My apologies, Kalichi Osimile. He comes into the center for for cryotherapy. Um, so I get a chance to talk to him every once every now and again about football and and just get where his mindset is. Mm-hmm. And everything that he talked talked to me about at my center, he did out there on the field. He just he wanted he wanted to move guys out of the way. Yeah, and he just wanted to continue to play to play to play until the play is over. And that was something that you noticed uh, when you watched the game is that he was finishing no matter what until he heard a whistle. Yep, and he was moving guys and creating holes and allowed this rookie running back to go in there and get. I believe it was 138 yards yeah. rushing. Yeah, so it's it's a different identity. I think he's gonna. He's gonna bring something. He's gonna bring that that ferociousness and tenacious uh, background that he's known for. He's gonna bring it and instill it in, into the offensive line here with the Chiefs. Well, the one thing that I I dislike about Osimile is that he's a cyclone, but I mm. can get past it as long as he's moving bodies out there. I'll get past the fact that he's an Iowa State cyclone. <laughs> but you're right. I, I I would say that was one of the top things that jumped out to me as well. Yeah, is that they were moving people, and and you mm. know. You know, I played for Marty Schottenheimer, and I remember his his one of his mottos was, you play through the echo of the whistle. Not to the whistle, to the echo of the whistle. Yep. So you're always pushing forward when the defensive guy might want to stop because he heard the whistle. You're always moving forward, especially, if, I don't know if many people saw the Michael Thomas injury where he got rolled up. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason was, as a wide receiver, I'm always going to be pushing forward or I'm always, I'm going to be cut blocking you because you get to see the backs where they're running and you get to see the tacklers that are coming behind me. I don't get to see that. Right. So my best option is to cut you down or push you out of bounds so I can keep myself safe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like that attitude. I think it's contagious when you have a guy like that. That's a dog. I oh, mean, he's yeah. an absolute rabid dog out on the field. When was the last time we had an offensive lineman here with the Chiefs that was just a straight dog? Brian Waters. Brian Waters, yes. which I believe they kind of mentioned Brian Waters yep. when they talked about Kalichi. Yeah, they, 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 
emulate each other very well. Now, yes. Brian was a little bit shorter, mm-hmm. and Kelechi is a little bit bigger, uh, taller and bigger, but the same attitude, yeah. and that's contagious because I think not that it's been a knock. You can't knock an offensive line that protects Patrick Mahomes to the point you win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but one of the drawbacks, I guess you can say, in the past years is that this offensive line was a little bit more finesse. Yeah. And finesse offensive line is almost like game manager quarterback when you have that. It's not really a negative, but it can be, you know, the perspective of it can be can be changed a little bit. I mean, you, you look a little bit down on it versus mm-hmm. somebody that's a dog. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he brings that different attitude. And that, I think that will wind up being – the off-season uh, acquisition of the year. Last oh, year it was Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, and this year I think it's going to be Kelechi Osemele. Oh, absolutely. Just hearing about how he was giving the defense fits yeah. in training camp, I mean, you just you, you kind of know that that's going to carry over into the game, not only for himself, not only for the offensive line, but for the defense for the defense as well. Yeah. Those guys went against him every single day in practice. So to to see what how he was physically up close in person, and know that he's going to carry that alongside that offensive line, it's going to make you go out there and just and try to play your best game and try to be as physical as he is. And that's one aspect that I think a lot of fans and a lot of people may not realize mm-hmm. is how contagious that attitude is oh, yeah. and how everybody is impacted in, a, in a, a game that's a team sport. No other team, no other sport is like football. Right. As far as you have to lean on all 11 players on the field and if one player does something wrong, it can blow up the entire play. Yeah. And you're seeing the effects of not only just assembly against our defensive line, but how that impacted the young guys. And one other big point that jumped out to me in regards to recapping the game was the young guys stepping up. Oh yeah. You know, we had our first round pick and Clyde Edwards-Elaire doing damage. Didn't catch the ball out of the backfield, which is supposed to be one of his strengths, which I'm sure we'll see a little to. bit this this week against mm-hmm. the Chargers. But ran the ball extremely well between the tackles. Tough to bring down. Yeah, Listed at 5'8", but he ain't 5'8". <laughs> Shorter than that. Shorter than that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got uh, Legereus Sneed at the defensive back. Thrown out on the island against some very dangerous wide receivers that we made look pedestrian yeah. on, on Thursday night, staying stride for stride. And the one huge factor that jumped out to me in watching him and his technique in man-to-man coverage, and this was a knock against Charvarius Ward a couple of years ago, he got his head around. Yeah, Always looked back to the ball. He trusted himself and his instincts and his technique enough to run for stride for stride, not get freaked out, and still turn his head so he didn't have any chance of having any kind of pass interference. That shows maturity, and that shows a lot of confidence. So between those two guys, then you had Tershawn Wharton from Missouri Mm S&T, a guy that no one would have thought made this team, not only made the team, but had to step in for Colin Saunders when he went down with the elbow injury. Those three guys, Willie Gay on special teams, but those three guys mainly, young guns that came out there, on that stage and did damage. Yeah, I mean, to see that happening in the very first game of their professional career is amazing. Every every last one of those guys played really well. It, it, it's, it, it's only going to bring up the question, how much time are you going to see these guys have later on in the season or going in further into the season 
um, out there playing on the field once yeah. the other veterans come back. Yep. So Brashad Breeland, you know, he's the starting cornerback. Is he going to come back to be a starter? Is he going to come back to kind of sit the bench a little bit? Is he going to be the third or fourth cornerback? Who knows? Yeah. But you know that that was that was the main thing that I really thought about. You know, especially seeing that seeing that young that young guy out there going out there and just playing really well and and getting the only turn is that the only turnover of the game? Yeah. That pick. Yep. That yeah. pick. And it was and it was and he did it. Yeah. And on so, his own. Yeah. He and he played really really well. So I think they they found a gem in him in the fourth round and. I'm looking forward to seeing how they how they continue to play uh, throughout the season. And you made the point about when the veterans come back, Bashar Breeland, Breeland out for four games, yep. suspended, Traverius Ward coming back from the hand injury, whenever that may be. But the one thing about Snead is that he played safety and corner mm-hmm. in college, so he has a history. So that lends itself to for me to believe that he could be a guy that's in the dime package, that's oh, yeah. going to be inside when those other guys come in. Oh yeah. And nowadays in the NFL, I don't even know why they call it a sub package, nickel or dime, because for the most part, that's what's on the field. Uh, I would say of 65 plays, you probably got a sub package against a quarterback like uh, Deshaun Watson. You probably yeah. got a sub package out there two-thirds of the time. Definitely. Uh, so – For him to have the confidence and warrant the confidence from the coaches to play outside, still have the comfort to play inside, Mm -hmm. and now you're going to get a fully healthy Bashar Breeland back and then uh, a a pretty healthy Charvarius Ward except for his hand, which if you want a DB to be hurt, that's the one place you want him. You you don't mind him being hurt. He can knock down passes. Yeah, just knock it down or deflect it to somebody else. And Tyron Matthew back there in the deep end, orchestrating everything. Um, I like the strides and the place where this defense is going. Now, they're going to have their hands full this week against Tyrod Taylor and the Chargers, and we'll talk about that in the fourth quarter. But um, so far, so good for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think so, man. Um, I think I started to worry a little bit about the defense giving up rushing yards, but then again, I had to – Think to myself, this is the very this is the this game one. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we're getting excited about the offense and them being able to run the ball, but you know, at the same time, you don't want the defense going out there and being able to give up all of those rushing yards. Um, you know, and because at the end of the at the end of the day, when you're running the ball, you're able to control the game. Yeah, and but I think that you know the the, the Chiefs they had the game all along, but when you get further into the season, you you're going to play these teams like the Ravens who love to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And they have about three or four running backs, including the quarterback, that can run the ball. So Just coming you, at you. Yeah, coming like at flurry. you every single play. So those are the type of things that I'm wor- that I, I, I tend to think about. But, you know, like I said before, it's just the first game. I yeah. think they're going to get it fixed. Oh, yeah. And just like uh, we got on the text line from the 913, no screen passes yet. Yeah. That's one aspect. De- definitely a great point right there. CEH, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Did not catch a ball out of backfield. We did not run a screen uh, to get those guys mobile or similarly out, out in space mm-hmm. with that dog mentality. Uh, moving Ryder out, who's a very mobile center. Yep. Uh, and then him being able to catch the ball in space behind those big offensive linemen where you can't see his five foot eight, supposed five foot eight body. Um, <laughs> that's another, just another bullet in the chamber that uh, other teams are going to have to be prepared for. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it's it's going to be even better 
the longer the Chiefs hold off on even running screen plays, whether it's a wide receiver screen or a running back screen, and don't forget the tight end screen too up the middle. The misdirection, yeah, tyrants, yeah. T- tight end screens and the, so on, yeah. Yeah, the longer they're able to just play strictly vanilla football and not show too much, it's going to make it so much harder for the teams later on in the season to really get a hold of what they're trying to do. So I, I think I really like the fact that they didn't really have to show too much. They allowed their players to make plays, and then, uh, you know, when, when the time comes, they're going to bring out that just something that you've never seen before, yeah. something that's different, something that you might have seen way back in week one of <laughs> week two or two years, years ago. ago yeah. So the, I think, uh, you know, when you have when you have a guy like Andy Reid, you know, just helping out on offense, um, the experience, the knowledge that he has, all of that stuff is going to come back around, and that's where you're going to really see the Chiefs dangerous. Yeah, I, I think Andy Reid has shown himself to be – what I have talked about, like the the mad scientist. Oh yeah, you know he's like the Austin. What is that? Austin Powers with his pinky in his mouth. Like, mm. like I, like he <laughs> he wakes up in a cold sweat every Sunday night or uh-huh. Monday night, thinking about what he can expose against the next team the next yeah. week, and and creating all this. Just kind of that that you know weird scientist type of mindset. And you know I I dubbed him that mad scientist, but then I also want to tag Brett Veach, and we'll talk about this in the second Man. segment, Brett, Brett Veach being the magician. And what he was able to accomplish this offseason uh, was beyond phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And we're getting some activity on the, on the text line. 913 says, good points. We appreciate it. And I got to give a shout-out to myself from the 913. Grew up watching you in the 90s. Special teams, beast. Woo. Never back down from anybody. Yeah, I was a sandwich short of a picnic. I know. I still am. I think I was at the game. You threw a touchdown. Uh-oh. I got a little rifle, Joe. You, you didn't know that. Rifle, a little, little baseball in me. Yeah. So, well, we appreciate that. We're going to tackle Brett Veach, offseason acquisitions, the magician at work, mm-hmm. and how he was able to get it done in the second quarter. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. And we're back for the second quarter, sponsored by U.S. Bank. By U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help you turn it into your next pursuit. U.S. Bank, a great partnership. Looking forward to a full season with them. And we, Joe is back. I am back. And the diva (laughs) decided to grace us with his presence. Whoa. He had to make a he had to make an entrance, I what guess. What does Diva you know? mean? Does that mean AKA fantasy winner? Is that what Diva means? Uh, AKA. Know. I think the listeners are good. You were on with Carrington earlier. I think they're going to be tied to you on Thursday, so you might have to change your schedule to spread it out. No, uh, actually, it might be better that they just they just grin and bear you for <laughs> for a full hour on each Thursday, and they don't have to deal with you any other time. There you go. Until Thursday becomes the most popular day of the week, and then they're going to realize, man, that barbershop, he got something going on. (laughs) Sean Barber in the building, back with us. You know, he he ditched us all last season. Actually, I don't even know if we should even, to be honest, I don't even know if we should have him in here because we won a Super Bowl without him in the studio. We lost an AFC championship when he was. This ain't have nothing to do with winning the Super Bowl. You know this, man. Oh, no, you crazy. You know this, man. Man, I don't know. Man, we take all the credit. The ratio ratio between (laughs) offensive and defensive guys has now changed. But you know what? We're more defensive. So I think we might be even better. 
I'll go out on a whim and I'll say that. We might be even better now that we got Barbershop in. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate yeah. that. Let me yeah. go to the text line. The 316 says, hey, guys, <laughs> welcome back. How do you expect CEH to hold up under the pounding and NFL running back takes in an NFL full season? You guys, linebackers, Sean, what do you think? Well, I can only compare it to one of the great running backs. Uh, Emmitt Smith, one, one of his great attributes was no one ever got a clean shot on him. The reason he was – so, so Marcus uh, Allen was the same way. Yeah. So effective, yeah. so long is because he knew how to avoid those big hits. And when I look at game one and we talk about the glide, the one thing he did was every time somebody tried to meet him in the hole, he gave him a gave quick him a little, little shot, a quick little move. He never got hit solidly uh, when you talk about him running the ball. And I think that's one of the attributes that will uh, continue to have him lead the league as far as yards after uh, contact. And uh, continue to do things at a, at, a, at, a, at a great rate. Yeah, and besides him being 5'6", 200 pounds, I mean, you know, he played in the SEC. So yeah. that that right there is some grown man football. That's that's basically the, the level that you want to be at before you go to the NFL. Especially because, in a, in that kind of position, yeah. in a specialist position. Oh, yeah, playing running back, having to go up against those SEC-type defenses where the the, def, the defensive linemen, you're basically playing, playing up against NFL defensive linemen every single uh, week. And then you got the linebackers and different things that like to come downhill, downhill as well. So I don't think he's going to be – I think he's going to be just fine. And plus, you know, like I said before, Coach Reed, man, he's amazing. He knows exactly what to do with players. Yeah. So he's not going to put him in positions to where, you know, guys get a chance to get that clean shot on them. We talked about it earlier. The screen game, they're going to utilize him so much in that. And also the misdirection to be able to open up – uh, you know, plays for the different for all the other playmakers on the team as well. Well, I think the screen game is huge, yeah. and part of the reason why the short passing game, quick passing game, so you don't get a chance to get a hit on Patrick Mahomes, or the screen game is so effective, is because you have a slew of guys that can run in great fashion after the catch. Yeah, I mean, you, we have a tight end that can catch. T- uh, wide receiver screens or tight end screens at the line of scrimmage and take it for 40 if you give him the opportunity with offensive linemen out in front of him. Runs like a wide receiver. You have all the wide receivers, jet sweeps, everything at the line of scrimmage that they do so quickly is designed to make, as you guys would know, make the defense hesitate. Yep. And if they can hesitate a split extra second, then when it's time for Patrick Mahomes to drop back and throw Wasp, He's going to have enough time to throw the ball down the field 60 yards yep. because everything looks the same. And, and that's the creation and creativity of Andy Reid. And, and Barbershop, you brought up uh, talking about CEH and what he brings to the table. Coming into this segment, we wanted to talk about the creativity that brought him here. And you have a front seat. You are a great host uh, on the pregame show for the Chiefs. And Chiefs Rewind, the post-game show. So you have had a front seat to not just seeing what Brett Veach has done at the draft and with the draft, but then watching these guys develop since the draft, especially in this COVID environment. From your perspective, I mean, talk about the magic of Brett Veach to be able to work the numbers and get all these guys and these pieces put together again. Man, especially in this COVID area when – um, I, mean, I, I talked to many of uh, agents and I talked to some guys about trying to get deals done this offseason. They said this is one of the toughest offseasons because the one thing organizations didn't want to do was lock, lock guys into long-term deals 
when that first season might be lost. Mm-hmm. And so it was so it was such a risk by the Chiefs to do the deal with Pat, to do the deal with Chris, to do the deal, um, um, to do all these Travis. long ter- Travis's deal because this 2020 season might have not even happened, and that would have been a loss. I mean, it would have been a loss. It would have been a wash. And so a lot of those deals you saw, it was a dead period where nobody was signing any of their guys to long-term periods, long-term contracts. And so the Chiefs went out in rare air and started signing guys to these, these, these great deals to lock in uh, some, some pieces, some f- fundamental pieces in long-term, and everybody else got caught behind the eight ball. And so now we, we, we set the standard, and other teams had to try to play catch-up. Mm-hmm. And so you saw the Deshaun Watson deal get done. Uh, you saw some cornerbacks sign some deals, some wide receivers after the Chiefs signed. Well, we, we already had our people. Like bringing back 20 of 22 starters on a championship team was something that was unheard of yeah. before Brett Veach and before the Chiefs did it. And, and it just set a standard of, like, we're trying to win this thing right now. And if you're not willing to uh, keep up with us, then you're going to just fall to the wayside. And it made other teams play catch up. And they're still playing catch-up because our team hit week one, uh, ground running, one penalty in a football one, game? Yeah, penalty. One, like, I don't, I've never been a part of a team which only had one penalty in a football game. And to think that you can do that with no preseason, yep. no uh, off-season workouts, practice. none of that stuff, Nothing. it shows just how tuned in the players came in with the uh, expectation of going back to try to win uh, another championship this season. I mean, they're not only thinking about the present, they're also thinking about the future, which is why they were able to get those deals done. They want to keep their key, their key pieces in place. Um, but also, of course, we want to talk about how great uh, Veach is doing right now. I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about just the road that he's taken to get to where he's at now. Yeah, you've you've been at the front seat. Actually, yeah, Barbershop, Barbershop were you? has too. Okay, both of you guys saw when he was literally at his beginnings. He was literally... Coaches Reed, Coach Reed's assistant. So he was the guy that, you know, you normally uh, you tap on the shoulder, tell him to go get some coffee, tell him to get a little bit of tea, don't forget the napkins. Mm-hmm. Like he was one of those type of guys. So to be around, so being that football, that, that football building and to learn so many different things from all these coaches, all these people that come in and out, and not to mention every single person that's been in that building, mm-hmm. they're being successful all across the, the NFL. Oh, yeah. So to learn all these different things about the game of football, to learn about contracts, to learn about, you know, players and, and how to make sure to keep all the players happy, how to how to not get away from what you're trying to build while also trying to continue to build with key pieces, mm-hmm. key guys. I mean, it's amazing to see that he's been able to come from being that guy to get the napkins to be the guy that signed these huge contracts to to bring all to keep these guys in town for years to come and to to continue to think about the future although they just came off a Super Bowl. I yeah. mean, the, a lot of teams they don't really think about that. They more so think about the present, what we're going to do the very next season. He's thinking seasons, he's thinking years uh down the line. And you also got to factor in as many Chiefs fans know in the Chiefs kingdom, it's been 50 years mm. since they won a Super Bowl. And you would think in a business world where you're trying uh, like Barbershop talked about COVID is upon us. You don't know if there's going to be a season. You won the first Super Bowl in 50 years. You might want to rest on your laurels just a bit, try to conserve money. Nah. They put their foot on the gas pedal. Absolutely. And got things done business-wise that no other team was willing to or had the guts to step out and do. And that starts from the top with Clark Hunt, 
and then Brett Veach and Andy Reid, and everybody has their piece involved in it. And I think it's just a testament to what the Chiefs fans should really, really be excited about is that contrary to maybe in the past and probably what happens around the NFL and mostly in other sports Mm -hmm. besides like the Yankees and Red Sox and Dodgers that spend a lot of money in baseball and, and, and the Lakers or something in basketball, you have an organization that is not just content with being of the best and winning an occasional championship. They are putting their foot on the gas pedal, making other organizations draft to face them. I mean, you think uh, AFC West, you go back to the draft, wide receivers, uh, a a whole quarterbacks, teams in AFC West, uh, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Raiders, put together drafts so that they can try to keep up with the Chiefs point for point. Yeah. And and then they sign uh, free agents to try to slow down the Chiefs mm. specifically. And not just in the AFC West. You can look across the AFC in general, the whole uh, conference, and see the teams that are, that are trying to sharpen up so that just in case they face the Chiefs in postseason, they have something to give them back to. And, and I think that starts – with everything that Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and uh, Clark Hunt has put together. And it's not just for one year. Like you said, it's going to be for multiple. Well, they, they, yeah, they learned. I, I read uh, somewhere earlier today that going back to the Mexico game, the Chiefs are on a 10-game winning streak where if you look at the points scored versus the points given up, it's 32 points scored on average against 16. Yeah. Over thirty points for sure. That's 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 unbelievable. You're <laughs> doubling up your opponent week in and week out yep. for ten weeks straight. Yeah. And, and the way it's looking right now, it ain't ain't nothing gonna change. Yeah. Yeah. No. And also, I got a question. Do y'all think they, Brett Veach and Andy Reid, they actually learned from putting together a dream team from that time in Philadelphia? Getting it's all possible. these big name guys I'm sure together, they thinking it all that they're together. gonna be this, this great team yeah. when. You know, you're bringing in a bunch of different egos, a bunch of different personalities, and sometimes that's just not the best. And we're going to tackle that question. We also got from the from the text line some fantasy football advice, OBJ versus Hollywood Brown. I'll let Barbershop tackle that after the break. But we are coming upon halftime on Players Only. Joe Mays, I'm Danon Hughes. We got the diva guest, Sean Barber, and we'll be back. <laughs> This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. Halftime's over. We got our orange slices, a little water, a little Gatorade. Now we're back, and third quarter is sponsored by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. U.S. Bank, all the services, all the banking services and home mortgage services out there, insurance as well. Guys, we're in the third quarter. We had to make halftime adjustments. Yep. We allowed Sean Barber to stay in here. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> and, and let me, I'll just be transparent all for right, everybody that's listening out there. Barbershop and I are in two fantasy football leagues. Mm-hmm. We had a bet. Yes, we had we two did. bets. We had a bet that we donated money to charity. Thank you, sir. And then we had a bet that I had to buy him dinner. Thank you again. Well, actually, it was dinner. I just have to buy it now because right. I lost. I was I was going into Monday night up, uh-huh. and he had ben, Big Ben and Juju, and he wind up that beating double me. up. That double up. So now up. we're going up to get some some good chicken, 
and uh, up in uh, Overland Park, Brass Onion. Shout, Shout out, out to, to the Brass Onion, man. That yeah. was they one took of the care first of us places, last time right? we was up there. We showed the rings. Yeah, they showed the Super Bowl rings up there. Ooh, and they got some Mrs. B chicken up there. Love, yeah, he got he some, love. some love. Is there, is there a love. limit on this dinner? How much, uh, <laughs> There's a limit, $50. $50. Okay, I was yeah. about to say, hey, barbershop, I go in there. He got six kids, man. He got six kids. He ain't going to be slick with me trying to take stuff to go home. So he has six kids, but at the end of the day, he don't get a chance to go out by himself and enjoy a nice meal. So I would have did that on your dime for sure, ordered every single Joe, he don't need no help. Expensive. He doesn't need no help. Oh, he don't I, need no help, man. I, I mean, he was in the locker room too. You know how that go, especially me being a you linebacker like, trying as a rookie. You guys trying to rookie? Rookie partner up against a wide receiver here? That's all right. Rookie dinner. Rookie dinner. Rookie man. dinner. I, over the head hey, about speaking of rookies, oh my god! Speaking of rookies, I had my rookie uh, debut on the Chiefs broadcast this this week. Yes, yes. Uh, this past week, uh, being in the booth with Mitch. Holtus is a, a dream come true. Got an opportunity to be in the booth with him and call my first game on radio for the Chiefs. I got us a win. I'm going to take credit for that, Barbershop. <laughs> shout shout out to Mitch. Even though man. the Chiefs are 13-1 and one in September over the last four years, I'm going to take credit for this win. Uh, fortunately, Mitch did not force me to stand on the table and sing my fight song. There we go. So, But it was good. All good. We got the text line. The 816, like like they were saying, just remember, you got to guard this, this ish too. Two. Yep. 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 From 620, appreciate, what is that, Arizona? 620? Mm. Uh, I predicted that we were going to win 12 straight games when we was in Mexico City, just like we did when we was in London. All right. Nostradanum, Nostradanum, another Nostradanum guy. That's Kansas. Oh, 620 is? Yeah. Oh, okay. 816, I think the additional use of Demarcus Robinson was meant to remind teams, Baltimore specifically, of all the weapons that maybe disrupt their preparation. I can I can give with that. Mar- Demarcus Robinson is a good, solid number four receiver. Yeah, it gives and, them an extra thing to focus yeah. on. That was the yeah, yeah. that was that was the yeah, last part of the message. All good. Of yeah. course. So uh guys, we talked about all that's gone on on the field. And what we can be excited about based on what we saw on Thursday night and what is to come. There's a lot going on off the field. Uh, I would be remiss in not bringing this up and probably could spend more than one segment on it. Social justice. Uh, For those of you that are listening, this topic is only political when politicians speak about it. Keep in mind, again, I'm not trying to preach to anybody, but just keep in mind that there are different perspectives that people have, and we as black men have a different perspective. Whether you want to embrace it, that's on you. But to, to excuse it or to push it away and say it's political, to me, that's wrong. Because it is just as valid as any thing that's going on in our society, whether it's domestic abuse, sexual mm-hmm. abuse, child trafficking, name you name it. It's just as prevalent and just as important. And we're not saying it's more important, but it is important. And I totally disagree with and I get bothered with those people. And some of them are former teammates of mine from college, friends, neighbors, associates, that want to shun off 
that to- the topic of social justice and inequality as political. It's not political until politicians talk about it. It's human lives, just like every other topic. So I want, for those listening, I want you guys to embrace it from that perspective because oftentimes we find people get so defensive in bringing up what's real to humans. And I got a, a text here switching to, switching yeah. to, to another uh, station, stick to sports. Well, bye. If you don't want to talk, I mean, bye, peace. You got the peace sign. <laughs> if you don't want to exactly. talk about human lives that are affected, that have been affected for decades and centuries in this country and where people are tired, if I was to talk about um, military and the, uh, what they come back to, and the GI Bill that didn't affect um, black black men that fought in this country. If I wanted to talk about military and how much better we should treat them in this country when they come back from war, and how they should not struggle with health care and other things, those people wouldn't be saying stick to sports. No, not at all. If I wanted to talk about uh, women, domestic abuse, and supporting. Uh, the fight against that and being on the board of First Call, which is an uh, abuse center that's not too far from here at the studio, and digging in to supporting that, people wouldn't turn away. But for whatever reason, when we start talking about black people, non-white people in this country, and some of the things that they have systemically gone through, all of a sudden it's stick to sports. And for those people, I got nothing for you. And we are, we are seeing a time in our lives where, to me, if not now, when? That's the question that I've, I've, like I've asked over the past few months. If, not, if we can't talk about it now, when? When we've witnessed guys being executed, whether they have a rap sheet or not. I'm sorry for all you other people that want to bring up a rap sheet. Was the rap sheet prevalent at the time that a knee was on a neck? Was a rap sheet prevalent at the time when seven bullets went in somebody? Was a rap sheet prevalent at the time when unannounced you burst into a house, start shooting? That's what's real. And that's not, and the thing, and I know, Barbershop, you and I have had conversations about this. Um, It's not what people want to minimize into those scenarios and their spin on that. We all, you from Chicago. Yeah. You're from Rich. You're from Virginia. I'm from Jersey, five minutes from New York City. Yep. People don't even want to account, or they don't even want to ask, or even contemplate what happens that doesn't involve killing. Mm. What happens that doesn't involve death or shooting or questionable um, actions? What about the everyday beat cop, or what about the everyday scenario, or the judic- judicial system? and paid-for-profit prisons and stuff like that. So when we see athletes, and I'll let you guys chime in. I'm, I'm sorry I'm on my pedestal. But when you see athletes talk about certain situations, it's not boxed into that situation. LeBron James is not talking specifically about Breonna Taylor only. He's talking about maybe what he went through and his cousins and his brothers and sisters and aunts and everybody else went through in Akron. And continue to go through. Because as a multi-million dollar or multi-millionaire athlete, he may not specifically, but when he goes to Thanksgiving and Christmas, he got a bunch of people else otherwise that are. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I just look at it like it's, man, it's not. It's never been a white versus black thing. It's just good versus evil. If you can't recognize what evil is, you can't recognize what um, taking advantage of people that don't have a voice. And if you're not willing to stand up for those that don't have a voice, um, that says more about you, you, right? That yeah. says more about you. So for the listener that wanted to just talk about sports and said they're going to tune into another, I mean, I just I, I would say, you know what, man, hit me on at Sean Barber fifty nine. Like, like I don't want to stop the communication because you don't want to hear about social injustice. I'm saying that if you tuned into this because you wanted to hear just about Chiefs, guess what, man? Chiefs, the team is 80, 90% black. Yeah. Like, like the, 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 the players got to deal. 65, 75% right? black. The players, the, their kids, the, the, the worries they have um, uh, beyond just X and O's on the field is life and death at home. Yeah. They got cousins, they got brothers, they got they, sisters and brothers that are, that, that are dying. And if they can't keep their focus on what's, you know, what's going on in the field, it's because in, in this land in America, man, like this stuff ain't right sometimes. Yeah. And if you ain't willing to have a discussion and be and, critical and, and your and your your resolution is to just change the channel man, you just don't get it. Yeah. Well, the problem so much more we could tackle on that. And I'm sure throughout this season we will uh, revisit that topic. And it's unfortunate. I, I believe that we all should be willing to expand our minds and our brains and our experiences and lean on other people's experiences and not just stats that you may read. But in the fourth quarter, as we come up towards the end of this show, we got to talk about this Chiefs versus Chargers matchup. And we're going to talk about that next. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. We're back, the fourth quarter, four fingers up in the air. We're players only. Joe Mays, I am Danon Hughes, and we have the guest, Sean Barber, Barber in the house. Phone line, text line, 913-576-7610. We got some good texts. Uh, Gosh, 913, understand, bro, but I love sports, too. Uh, We had some, some people really encouraging with the social justice conversation and being open and receiving it. Uh, and then there's some people that just, just not understanding to, what's really going yeah, on. Choose to stay ignorant. And yeah. that's fine. And yep. then, I mean, it's at a point that's like this, man, like, like as, as a radio station, as a, um, as X players, man, we should open up like, like, let's have a zoom. Let's, let's have something where all these people who, who don't want to approach the conversation, we should get on a zoom and let them hear a panel of guys speak about like, What's going on at their home? Mm-hmm. Because what they don't realize is, like, you don't ever get to lay down your um, your right as a parent. Yeah. So, like, I'm always parenting my kids to turn the other cheek, to make it home. Yep. No matter what happens, your, make your, it home. your priority is to make it home. Yep. And and that's, it's not right for my son to have to realize that he's deemed a threat to somebody because of the color of his skin. Yeah. And so there was a, there was a situation. He's coming home from work. And a guy uh, brandished a gun at him on the highway because the guy was mad with him because he didn't get over out the left lane and let the guy go past. And I was like, what, what, where are we at right now where an 18-year-old kid should have to worry about how do I react to somebody flashing a gun at me yeah. because I'm not driving fast enough in the left lane? So I said, man, I, just, I love the fact that you slowed down, let the guy continue going. You yep. did not try to confront him. You didn't just worry get about home. him. Just get home. Yep. And got, that, that, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of positives. We got one guy that talked about the the two white cops that got shot. Uh, no injustice, equality there. Well, one, the person that shot him, is my understanding, was a white person. 
And yet that's not even a major factor in that because it is a travesty. And I've tweeted about it. I've posted about it. It's an absolute travesty, un- unequivocal. There's no excuses, no if ands, or buts about it. But to use that as a deflection from what the social justice matters that the athletes are presenting, to me, that's disingenuous. To me, that's where I have a problem because both the one thing that we can recognize in this country, two things can be right at the same time. It doesn't have to be either or. And if you want athletes to stand for justice for those people, great. Just say that I would, I would like for, for athletes to stand for justice for those police officers. Okay. But that doesn't mean they should stop standing for justice for other things that is near and dear to their heart also. Yep. And it doesn't mean that they're bad if they don't. It just means that both things can be right. It's a travesty, and that guy should be under the jail, whoever shot those police officers or anybody that shot police officers. But at the same time, we can also have a feeling about what uh, black people and black Americans have gone through in this country for decades, and they both can be okay. Like, to have those feelings, they can both be okay. I think so. Yep. It allows so, us to have a voice. Yeah, and we and we have a platform, and, you know, my father always said, what well, what makes you laugh will make you cry. And yeah. right now, some things that make you laugh will make you cry, and that one thing is social media. Yeah. We love it, but sometimes it can get it can get under your skin. And we know that from from people out there now that don't seem to embrace what's right and what's human. And, and we on six ten yep. for for the nine one three. Who, yep. Excuse me, is this six ten sports? Yeah, yeah, this it is six <laughs> ten. All right, yeah. keys to the Chargers game, guys. We got. We don't have Philip Rivers coming in, so we can't guarantee two interceptions <laughs> and four sacks. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. We got a finely tuned Charger team that squeaked by a, an upgraded uh, Bengals team that's going to be playing in a few minutes. Yep. Uh, what do you guys think about this matchup? And I, quickly before Barbershop, you're the fantasy football guy. I had to answer that question so he can put his. Um, his uh, lineup together, OBJ or Hollywood this week? Who'd you got real quick? Oh, I go with Hollywood. OBJ, the, the Browns to me are just a, a, a dumpster fire. Yeah. I mean, they just are what they are. So. so what do we got as far as the former Charger in the booth? Yeah. Joe Mays, what do you see in the, in the matchup this week? I think it's going to be extremely important for our defense to be able to hold their offense um, and, and, and keep them from running the ball because they do have uh, some weapons over there. They have Austin Eckler, that guy. If y'all haven't heard about him, y'all gonna know about him oh, yeah. uh, soon enough. He's a he's a shorter guy, similar to uh, Sproles in size and and ability, um, and he's strong too. So he can he can run through tackles. He can run around guys. So to, to be able to whip, whip to hold him to limited yardage while also uh, getting some pressure on the quarterback, that's gonna be huge. Yeah, going off. With, I mean, even looking at last week, you know, David Johnson actually had a pretty good game. I mean, he did. He he did some yeah. things in space. He made some moves. He made some guys miss. Uh, broke some tackles. And so, if there was something for me to take away from last week's game against the Houston Texans, I would say we just have to become uh, a little bit more detailed about our uh, attack angles, our downhill. Uh, how we pursue, and make sure we just gang tackle as far as defense is concerned. Gang tackling, indeed. And offense, do what you do. And we are done. The first episode, and we are out. Sponsored by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We appreciate everybody listening in. Thanks, guys. We'll be back next week. Players only. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.